ain't no way he's going to be able to last all summer long in this heat, doing these practices, sometimes two nights a day. Like, it just ain't going to happen. Well, dang if he didn't, right? He stuck it all out. So we had our first parent meeting and, um, uh, of the year, and all the parents were in there, and Coach Ham gets up. And this is the first time Beth had a chance to meet Coach Ham. And so we're sitting there, and Coach Ham's talking. He's talking about the team and what it's going to be like and blah, 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 blah. And, and he starts getting on to the seniors' parents. And he's like, parents, you're seniors. They need to be here. Like, you know, he's getting on to them. And I'm like, yeah, right. You know, this guy's letting them have it. And then he makes this comment. I don't know if you remember. He said, I got this little skinny white boy out here that's a little freshman. He's running around there, like, working hard. He's like, if my seniors worked that hard, he was like, we'd be undefeated. And um, so he, he finishes his talk, and we're getting ready to leave. And, and uh, Coach Ham's like, hey, Mr. G, Jacob's dad. I come, yeah. And Coach Ham says, I was talking about Jacob. He's my little skinny white boy. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, so he's doing okay? And Coach Ham said, he's going to be my boy. He's like, I just feel it. And um, so we're riding home, and I was like, so Beth, what did you think? And Beth said, I want to go play for him. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, God has blessed our family immensely this last four years with giving our family and the boys that play football, the boys who wrestle, the girls who play lacrosse, giving them a Coach Ham. He is an amazing man of God. We connected early on in our faith. And, um, and, you know, for someone who we know as Coach Ham, I know him as a friend, as a brother. And we've grown closer over the last four years. I can't say enough about how much he's meant to Jacob and I'm sure every other kid on the team. Um, Coach Mosley's been there every step of the way also, just being there. And... Um, so before the season started, Coach Ham and I were talking. I was like, man, i got to have you at Re 3. And, and Coach Ham's taking a Sunday off because he's also the associate pastor at his church. And so um, we, we stole him away for this morning. But I am, I am so honored and privileged to have Coach Ham with us today that's going to be sharing the word with us this morning. And thank you so much, Ham, for all that you've done for my son, my family, all the kids that have come through Atkins High School over the years. Thank you. So... Wow. I guess I better preach. <laughs> um, can y'all hear me in the back? Yeah. I was thinking, I'm a head coach. What I need with a mic? <laughs> we gotta have the mic. Gotta have it. Your screen. Oh. Okay. All right. For the people online, I'm sorry if I set it down. I'm usually not holding a mic. I want to thank y'all so much for having me here. Um, Mike and Beth have become part of my extended family. I tell all the parents when they come in, um, their sons become my sons. I tell them at 340, they become my sons. At 801, after practice, I give them back. It as if they were my son, even my girls lacrosse. Um, when I had Jacob and I met his little sister, I started telling her in seventh grade, you're going to play lacrosse for me. She looked at me like, what's lacrosse? <laughs> and I said, don't worry about it. That's how I was introduced to the sport. Um, I was told when I was at another school on a Tuesday evening at 7.15, you're the JV girls lacrosse coach. I said, okay, when does it start? He said, tomorrow. I said, oh. So I went home, a YouTube, to about 2 o'clock, 
and I found out how many people were on the field. <laughs> so I go out there to practice, and these girls come up with all these sticks, and, hey, what's up? Who's our coach? You the football coach? I said, no, I'm y'all's new uh, lacrosse coach. And they said, uh-oh. <laughs> and um, one of the girls said, what do you know about lacrosse? I said, I know that if you listen to me, we're going to win. And the girls just looked at me like, wow. Well, I had no clue what I was saying. But I knew one thing, that if I didn't believe in myself, the girls would never believe in me. Well, at that school, the JV had never won a game. That year, we won the conference championship. The following year, we won the conference championship. What was so crazy about it, I still didn't know the sport. And to this day, I don't know the sport that well. I don't coach sports. I coach kids. I love the kids. I love seeing them grow. I've got assistant coaches that know what they're doing in the sport. Some. Uh, <laughs> but my biggest thing is I'll tell them I want to surround myself with guys that know their positions. But no one can teach me kids. That has been the reason that God wakes me up every morning. I remember to become the head coach at Atkins, um, I knew God was involved from the beginning. I had a calendar in my so-called study, and it had fell down. And so it was actually in December, but the calendar was on March or April. So I thought I had till Thursday to turn my application in, and it was Monday because I was not looking at December. So at the time, the athletic director called me and said, I thought you were going to apply. I said, well, I got to Thursday. He said, dude, it closed last night. Oh. I said, what am I going to do? He said, meet me at breakfast, and I'll get your resume. Well, then after that happened, they called and they said, we need to have an, uh, we want to do your interview at 4 o'clock. I said, can't do it. I'm taking a ninth grade basketball team to another school to play. He said, can you do 6 o'clock? No, I got to bring them back. So they said, when can you come? I said, how about 7, 7.15? He said, we don't do interviews on Friday after 7. I said, can we do it Saturday? And they laughed at me, of course. So they called me back and said, we can do 7.15. That let me know right there that no matter how bad I was messing this up myself, God had a plan for me. God had a plan because things kept falling in place. Well, when I applied for the job, I had never been a head coach. I'd been a JV head coach. And the principal asked me one question. He said, if I hire you, what are you going to bring to this school? And I said, I'm going to teach kids not to look at color. They're not going to see a big, bald-headed black guy. They're going to see Coach Ham. They're going to love me the same way I love them. Well, I found out after he hired me and we became friends, that's what he hired me for. He said, I had never had an interviewer ever mention that to me, ever. He said, and you said it with such boldness. I told him, I said, I don't believe in coaching white kids, black kids. I coach kids. I tell the coaches all the time, learn to coach the player, but love the kid. Too many coaches only care about the players. They don't care about the kids. And you can tell because after that season's over, that coach really doesn't talk to that player a whole lot unless he's a D1 player that's going to get him on TV. How many people talk to the kid that never plays? 
How many people go up and sit down with lunch when that kid's sitting there by his down? Well, I knew that's who I was. So when I started, one of the things that I pinned, because that process was trust the process. And other athletics teams and other athletes have said trust the process, trust the process. Their process was about getting a big contract. Their process was about winning an NBA or NFL title. My process was how many kids can I influence and show them God? One of the things that I was an assistant coach at Atkins before becoming a head coach, none of the kids that graduated ever came. It was just something that didn't happen at Atkins. They graduated and they bounced. They was like, Psh, I am so glad to be away from y'all. But now I can say that kids come back. And that's, you know, we had one come in the office the other night. And Coach Mosley probably have seen me tear up or almost cry more than any other man. Um, that's why I keep him around because I know if I fire him, he's going to tell everybody. or <laughs> He'll post it on social media. Hey, hey, I'm big old baby. Uh, he cries all the time. But the young man, he's gone through a long journey. He went to a school. He transferred to Winston-Salem State. And I didn't expect this to come out of his mouth, but he was like, you're the reason. You're such a big part. I've never had a coach like you that pushed me when I wanted to quit. And he said, but you become part of me, and I love you, and I thank you for it. And to me, that's why I coach. I don't coach for the money. If y'all had a clue what we made in North Carolina as high school coaches, you will know that we do not coach for money. Um, I could probably make more picking up bottles in, in Rockingham County and taking them to a store. But the thing that I do get, I get kids like Jacob. I get like Braden. I get like Wade and Dibble is in the house. I mean, to see Dibble, I can't get him to practice all the time. <laughs> so maybe we need to start holding practice after worship service on Sunday, and, I'll, and Dibble will come. But the thing is, like, one of the things a lot of people kept saying to me was, when I first got there, I went to the principal, and I said, I've got to change the culture. And he said, what are you talking about? And I said, no disrespect. There's no white kids on my team. I said, you can't tell me it's just black kids go to the school. I said, I want all the kids in this school to have an opportunity to play. And he said, well, I'm going to leave that up to you. Remember what you told me in the interview. And so I went after Hispanics, Asians. I went after everybody that didn't look like a real football player. Well, I started walking halls, and I realized there wasn't a whole lot of kids at Atkins that looked like real football players. They look like smart guys and smart people, but they ain't look like real football players. The two biggest kids I first met were in the band. And I was like, what school do you go to that you got a 6'6", 300-pound kid playing clarinet? <laughs> but I kept finding the ones that said they did want to play. And one of the things that I always do, when they leave me, I tell them I love them. It's so funny because it's freshmen. It's, love you, man. All right, coach, bye. All right, coach, I'm leaving. All right, man, love you. All right, bye. Sophomore year. All right, dude, love you. Love you too, coach. By their junior year, I love you, coach. I'm out. And I get to tell them I love you too. God has used me in so many ways. I can't help but trust the process. 
And when you think about trust in the process and thinking about trust in God, we're coming out of a crazy time with pandemic. And, you know, it was so funny to me that I thought somebody used the word wrong. I had never heard the word pandemic. I said, no, it's an epidemic. They said, no, it's an actual pandemic. And I said, what's that mean? I'm from Eden. We didn't have a big vocabulary. We worked hard. <laughs> but we didn't do a lot of, you know. And so I didn't know what a pandemic was until they told us. We played a lacrosse game on Friday, and they say March 13th, school's closing. Well, I didn't realize that I had been coaching three sports for 15 years. I coached. Football, then wrestling. Hadn't been a head coach in 15, but I never went home. And all of a sudden, I didn't have my kids. I couldn't go anywhere. was stuck in the house. You know, at first, it was kind of cool. I mean, I get to rest. Oh, phew. And then after about three hours, <laughs> I was like, I want to go outside. And, and I was calling some kids and texting some kids. And, and I was like, hey, how you doing? But I wanted to see them because I've never not been around kids for 15 years, and I mean year-round. And it affected me, but what it really did for me, it made me appreciate you guys more. If you think about it, I didn't fuss as much this year. Um, you know, I know God is continuing to work on me because my mouth. I know that God is not pleased with all the words that comes out of my mouth sometimes. And I, I just thank God that we have a God that's a forgiving God, and we have a patient God. But God tells me every day in his word to trust him. And this is not just for the young people. This is for everybody out here because we all go through things. In Proverbs 3, starting at verse 5, verse 3, verse 5, excuse me, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. And lean not unto thy own understanding. See, that's us adults' biggest problem. We're too smart sometimes. We know everything. You can't tell us nothing. You know how long I've been living? I am 45 years old. I have got every answer to every question. Half of us answer things that we don't even know what the question means. Because we're dealing with our own understanding. But this is what God told us to do. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. You know, a lot of people will say to Jacob, oh God, y'all lost another game. But also look at it like this. Y'all are still playing and practicing. You don't give up. But look at the company that you're in when you play football. Look at Noah. God told Noah to what people don't realize sometimes, it never rained. People are talking about losing a football game. Can you imagine me coming up to you and say, hey, me and you are going to go build this ark? And you said, what for? It's going to be a flood coming. What's that? How do you know what a flood is and you hadn't seen rain? And over a hundred years. This was not a two-week thing. See, so many of us today, we have a microwave mindset. We want it fixed right now. You know, parents are saying, come to me and said, my kid played Pop Warner. He was one of the best running backs. 
And I said, yes, ma'am, he was. But now he's got to earn it on the, this level. So many kids who were real good when they were that small, see, they stopped growing. The rest of them didn't. When we played Dudley this year, they got off the bus. I thought they had the shoulder pads on. They had on T-shirts. <laughs> I literally saw about 10 grown men that I thought had mortgages and kids. They're sophomores and juniors. We go to the conference meeting yesterday, and they was telling us about one of their defensive ends. He's, the number, he's number three in the country in his stacks, his sacks that he has received, like 30-some sacks almost. He only played half a game ten times. He never played four quarters because they were beating everybody so bad. But let me ask, you know, and you look at that stat, and everybody's like, this guy is set. He's going to Alabama. He's going to Georgia. But does he know God? See, a lot of times we put all of our eggs in one basket about our talent. And, you know, every year we hear about this star player that blows his knee out or this star player that they found out he had a heart condition and he can never play again. And then I look at some of my kids and the ones that people said, he wouldn't even make my team. We got him sitting down in a gym signing a letter of intent to go to college. It's nothing wrong with going to a smaller college. If it was, why would they still be open? It's just like a church. Some people believe that they have to go to church to worship as long as it's a hundred and some thousand people or 10,000 people. But the Bible tells us as long as there's one or more in the, that's in, gathered in his name, he's in the midst. See, this is more personable. I can look and see you. Some churches I've been to, I couldn't even see the people back there because I can't see anyway. And then they got a balcony, and I feel like I'm in some type of big hall. And it's kind of like being in one of those classes at some of these big universities with 100,000 people. The professor really don't know you. But God knows us. God tells us he knows us by the hairs on our heads. We have to learn to truly trust God. Why do we want to trust God? Well, why wouldn't we? If you think about it, God is our source of everything. When we look at Isaiah 26, in the verses 3, it reads, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Do we really trust in God? Do we trust the process? I had to realize that the process is my growth. When I go through things, that's the process. And what the process is about, God wants to know, how much do you love me, David? How much do you trust me? Okay, you lost the game. A player got hurt. I want you to trust and believe in me. You go to the hospital with him. I've sat there in the hospital till 4 o'clock in the morning. Kid broke his arm in the game. I wouldn't leave him until his mom and dad could take him home. The next day, I went to school. And then one of the ADs said, what are you doing here? I said, I got to work. I said, but you were at the hospital with him last night. 
I said, but God gave me the rest of six hours and two because God intended me to be here this morning. See, so many times people want you to do things, but I'm going to only do things when God moves me to do it. Every year there are positions that come open in the city and people say, are you going to apply for Parkland? Are you going to apply? And when I pray and God says nothing, it means God is not ready for me to move. Trusting in God will give me the ability to be as nervous as I am to stand in front of you and not get sick. You know, uh, I feel like sometimes I get this block just because my nerves get so bad. People have no clue, but I really am a shy person. People say coaches can't be shy. That's why I talk loud. Because if I'm real loud, people think they get intimidated on a lot of times. And it helps me not have to continue to talk. But trusting the process. If we think about it, Moses had to trust the process. God came to him in so many different ways and told him what to do. Now you think about it, how many of us really believe that we could lead people somewhere and overcome a natural obstacle? Moses didn't until the Red Sea parted. That's trust in the process. Because even when they said, hey, Pharaoh's coming. We need to get out of here. Moses never said, turn around and run. He trusted God as trusting the process. Now we know that Moses had to trust the process. Noah had to trust the process. But the one that sticks with me constantly is Job. See, Satan came to God. And when we're God's children, Satan just don't try us without God's permission. And God said, did you try my servant Job? And you know, sometimes I know I'm not on that level, but I know Mike will tell you he understands this. Sometimes we feel like Job, maybe not at that, that level, but sometimes I'm thinking, why is this happening? But then I realize because God has gotten me to a point that I can handle whatever he takes me through. One year I had to get surgery on my shoulder and they said it was just a labrum. Well, I had waited four years from the first doctor's appointment to go get it fixed. By the time I did go, they had uh, surgery, total manipulation surgery on my arm. They said my labrum was gone, rotator cuff was gone. He said, you'll be out for three months. I said, dude, it's football season. I'll take out May. In June, I drove the activity bus to a 707 right after less physical therapy. And my doctor said, you're an idiot. I said, yeah, but I'm doing what God wants me to do. God put me in this position. I'm going to go to show. I'm going to be an example that when things are not good, you don't quit. So the kids would see me sometimes with that sling on, but then they see me drive an activity bus. Well, what they didn't see was the tears on the way home some night when my shoulder hurt so bad. But they're never going to see that because God had my back. And what I wanted them to see is there's no quitting us once we become a family. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep fighting because God has us. When I run out of all of my strength, God lifts me up and gives me strength that I never had. God is my strength. To think that some people, you listen at this time of year, some football coach is ready to go to Hawaii for a month. I start wrestling practice on Monday. I've got the most awesome wife in the world. She shares me the entire school year with kids in the daytime and in the evening. I come home at 7. She's like, what happened? 
what are you doing home so early? I said, oh, uh, we had a short practice. You sure? You good? You're not sick? If I get home at nine, she smiles because she knows that's his life. She supports me by staying out of the way sometimes. I say, I got something I need to work on. She said, you work on it. You know your kids better than me. But we can be out and see some of the kids, and they've called her. Some have named her Miss Coach. And I tell her, I said, if I'm Coach Ham, you are too. Because God said that once we got married, we are one. So there's two Coach Hams. You got one that does all the junk talking and running. And we got one that keeps me happy so that when I come back the next day, I don't remember that and don't run you even more the next day. But if we continue to understand how Job's whole life went, God took everything. He allowed everything to be removed. But Jacob, listen, man, he never got down on God. He got down on himself. So many times I have to just shake Jacob. Jacob thinks that he's the only quarterback that might not throw it to the player. But if you watch Saturdays and you watch Sundays, I promise you somebody's Exception today. Stop trusting you. Trust God. God will take you where you have never thought you could go. God has already done so. Jacob became, when he came in, he was a receiver. He was slow. He couldn't catch. <laughs> he was nervous. Like, you know, he couldn't put his mouthpiece in his mouth. Was, Son, are you okay? Yeah, 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 I'm good, coach. I'm y'all good. <laughs> We, we finally play a game. They throw him the ball, and he looks at it like it's a hot potato, like, I'm not, am I supposed to catch this thing? And I said, Jacob, he's like, Coach, tell him don't throw it to me again. <laughs> he said, I'll be okay. And where I did, I said, okay, how do you fix that? A couple of weeks later, hey, I need you to play quarterback. He had the blankest look y'all have ever seen since you've met him. He looked, he said, I can't play quarterback. I said, yeah, you can. And I just constantly told him, you're going to be good. You can do this. Well, I looked at him in practice, and I was like, I messed up. <laughs> he really can't play quarterback. So I said, how do you fix it? Don't throw the ball. Hand it off all the time. But all of a sudden, he kept believing and hearing me. And this year, he knew he was my quarterback. He never once told me he couldn't play it again. Now we got colleges looking at him to play quarterback. It's not that I'm a great coach. I serve a great God. I'm going to trust in God the same way God trusted me with these kids. You know, one of the things that bothered me the most, I'm not in the school during the daytime, and when that shooting happened at Mount Tabor, the first place I went was Atkins. How's my sons doing? How's my daughters doing? The girls from Girls Lacrosse was just texting me, Coach, I need you here. I wish you were here. And they, they know they're my sons and my daughters. And I felt for the people at Tabor, but I love those in the halls of Atkins. I have done things that most coaches said I refuse to do. I'm not worried about getting fired because I will stand for God. The word of God tells me, God said, if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before the Father. And that's one thing I don't want God to ever do. I don't ever want him to tell God that I wasn't ready, that I was not his faithful servant. 
So they tell us every year, do not text your players unless it's a phone that's in power school. But if one of my kids texts me at 1 o'clock in the morning and says, Coach, I need you, I'm going to answer that text. Because one of the things that I have done in the years of coaching, I've been coaching for 26 years, I've been to 11 funerals. I've had to speak at eight. And the oldest one was 22. I've had a young man that I dropped off and took home one night. And before I could get to my house, his mom called and said he was going to run up to the store and he got hit by a car. And he had just got out of my car. And it took weeks for me to forgive myself. Why didn't I just take him to the, to the store? And I blamed myself, but God wouldn't allow me to. God used that young man to teach me some things. And see, that's why I am the kind of coach that I am, because I listen to my players. They teach me a lot. Y'all think that y'all need me? I need guys. I love, I don't like practice. Some games I don't like being at. You know, when it's raining, I didn't like to play in rain. I sure don't like to coach in rain. Because at least as a player, I got warm because I was playing. Now as a coach, I'm just standing. So I'm layered up, but I still hate it. But I love the ones that's out there on the field. You know, I've got these, these, these things that I have that is not about being all conference. I look at who grew up the most in the four years with me, who became young men. Jacob, you wasn't one of them. But <laughs> I saw him grow. Um, the funniest thing about Jacob, anytime Jacob makes a mistake, this is what he's going to tell you. My bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. I told Jacob this year, if I heard him say that, I was going to break his fingers. I'm like, if you throw the ball to the other team, who else's fault is that? Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. But Jacob and I have had conversations late at night, early in the morning. We text each other something positive every day, every morning. He started that. And now all of a sudden, I got other players. We're talking every morning. And what bothers me some days is when I miss you. And you text me that morning, I don't get to text you until that afternoon. Because I don't want to let you down. Because that's something that it took a lot of you to open up and tell me some of the things. But you're learning to trust the process. Trusting the process will make us all closer. See, God did not tell us to love one another according to where you're from. God never said love someone because of the color of their skin. Or love them because of what money they make. You know, for the people that don't like me because I'm black, they're missing out. They're missing out on a lot. And I would still help them if I had to, because I want them to know, you're looking at the wrong thing. Look at my heart. Look at what God has done for me. Look what God is doing for me. The young man that I mentioned doesn't come to practice, Dibble. I saw that change in him this year. He's in his junior year. He tells me he loves me now. At first, love you, Dibble. Ooh, he just grunt at me. But now he can say it. He gives me real hugs now. Before, he would hug me to keep me from putting him on the heel. 
But now he'll hug me after he comes off the hill. And that lets me know that it's real. Me and Dampler, dude, we didn't go through it. And we're going to go through some more. But guess what? I got you. Because God has me. God didn't place me here for us to win state championships. It'd be nice. But I will trade you guys for nothing. I will trade this experience for nothing. Because y'all not walking in ready-made football players just ready to go to Clemson. Y'all are kids that's never played football. You know, it's amazing that some coach said it last night. Some, no, it was the day. Some of our first days of practice is teaching kids how to get dressed. They have never, ever, ever put on. We've had kids walk out, show the pads on backwards, and they say, Coach, this thing's choking me. <laughs> I said, it will when you put it on backwards. They couldn't get the, face, the, the mouthpiece on the face mask. So they're running. You see this yellow thing just bouncing up and down. I said, why don't you put it on your face mask? I don't know how, coach. Had kids put knee pads on their hip. Thigh pads as butt pads. And I'm like, what are you doing? I don't know where they go. But then all of a sudden, they become players. In their minds, they're accomplishing something because we didn't push them away. And they compete every game, except Dudley. But looking at the conference, nobody really competed against Dudley. They're just a machine. But I'll challenge Dudley to this. They might be good athletes. I got better young men. I got better young men. I just want you to know, since I'm here, yesterday in the conference meeting, Atkins received the Sportsmanship Award of the conference. And that's y'all guys. That's not me. I don't say anything in the reason at Friday. I'm the quietest head coach on Friday night because there's too many eyes on me. So I just know to be quiet. I do all my going off during the week when ain't no parents around. <laughs> going to the locker room, film room. Ah! So Friday nights. Hey, good job. Good job. <laughs> and the kids know that. But when I got the Sportsmanship Award as a team, I was very, very, very proud. Because that means no matter what the score was, my kids never got out of character. We showed class. We were very respectful. We had a, a opposite team, the chain gang, wrote a letter, sent an email to our principal and AD, said it's the best sideline he's been on in seven years. And he said he was so to have a child now that's four and he wants him to play football, he said, I would love for him to play for like a man like Coach Ham. He said, they walked out of the stadium two by two. We've just been doing that. I don't even know why we do it anymore. But I know it works. I don't get emails or calls saying one of your football players has been very disrespectful or he went to sleep in class or he's cursing people out. We got some big heels. And we got this hill we call Hammy Ham. We got Ham, Hammy, and Hammy Ham. But Hammy Ham is that character builder. Like, that thing is like this. We had a kid two years ago told his mom when he got in the car, he said, Coach Ham ran me so much, I saw Jesus. <laughs> that has been the joke with this kid for two years. I said, but like I told his mom, I said, well, I couldn't get him in church. At least I got Jesus out here on the practice field. 
but I got at least I got him to see him. But the thing is, it's not about just beating them down. Sometimes they got to understand discipline is what God wants us to be. We have to be disciplined if we're going to be Christians and we're going to serve God. We can't be like the world. We've got to trust the process. So, on this day, everyone, listen, learn that we got to look at ourselves different. We got to really see if we're trusting God in everything. When something goes bad, God has got something good around the corner for us. Just because you don't win this, God's got a bigger victory down the road. Some of us sometimes in our marriages, we got to trust the process. We get to the point, we're walking through the halls, we're not even speaking to each other. But trust the process. See, it's not God's that's wrong. It's not the word of God that's wrong. It's us not listening to the word of God that makes it wrong. God, when he tells us that when we found a wife, we found a good thing. Men, we found a good thing. Sometimes we don't believe that. And sometimes we look at them like we're telling them, you're not what God said, I was supposed to find a good thing. But are you the husband that can see a good thing? Look at ourselves. Trust the process. Because God is not going to change for us. God will change us. God will make us have more faith, but we got to take the first step and just believe Start off small. If you're having a problem with your faith, start off small. I can lose two pounds. Don't worry about if you gain it back, but lose it. Show God that you trust that he can take you to another level. Jacob, you're going to college to play football. It might be a school in Canada, and nobody ever get to see you play but Skyping. But you're going to play college football. You have to learn to keep your head up. I'm going to pick on you since it's your church. <laughs> they know you. But think about this. If you only believed in yourself as much as God, how do you know God believes in us and trusts us? By a show of hands, who woke themselves up this morning? Exactly. God must love us. He let our eyes open again. We got some kind of reasonable health. We can still see, maybe with the health of glasses. But I had to use glasses before I laid down. I'm in here and I'm going to see faces today that I will see you somewhere again. And I'm going to speak to you. Hey, don't you go to, I'll talk to you in Walmart. My wife said I'm the only person she knows could go to a grave site and talk to people. And they actually opened up the grave and she said the bodies will start talking back. My daughter said something the other day. She said, Dad, me and her were together, and I just started talking to this guy, and she said, Dad, I think you could go to a Klan meeting, and they give you a rope. <laughs> she said, have you ever in your life met a stranger? I said, yeah, for about 10 seconds. Then I'm going to talk to him, because God didn't tell me to walk around quiet, you know, I trust God. I didn't come here today to bore you or keep you long. I just wanted you to know that we have to do better in trusting God. We're putting too much faith into one another, into people. 
I love you guys. I don't know you, but I don't have to. I don't love anybody because of who you are. I love you because of who I am. And I'll be back again. Now, if you keep letting me come back, that next time I'm going to preach long. I'm going to tell you that now. So pack your lunch and bring it and get ready. But we don't have to know each other to love each other. If you think about when Jesus died on the cross, we were not here. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loved us before we were ever born. What love in that sense means, if you need me, I got to be there just like I've known you all my life. Because God is. Jacob and I, Wade and I, Brandon, Braden, Dibble, we're not done when you graduate. Wherever school you're at, we're going to still talk. I will show up on your campus. Don't be drunk. I will find a hill on your campus. If you got a hat on in the building, that's 50 push-ups. If I see you sagging, that's 50 push-ups. Ain't nothing changed but the number of push-ups that you have to do. Because now you're a man. I can bust you in the head now. now. What are you doing drunk? No, I'm not drunk. See, all of the kids are so funny. They only see us adults now. They don't know we were dumb and stupid just like them when we were their age. We didn't come out polished. Some of us are not finished products now. But we do know. But I love you. Thank you guys for playing for us. Thank you for trusting me, believing in me. Mike and Beth, thank you for being family. Carrie, Jeff, thank you all for believing and trusting in me. Thank you for allowing me to be part of your son's life. A good coach never stops coaching, even when the sport is over. And that's all I'm trying to be, is a good coach for God. I never want to stop doing what I'm doing. I promise you, if God gives me the, the breath and I'm in my dying bed, I'm going to get on somebody before I stop breathing. Pull your pants up. Shut up, they talking. That's what I want to do because I want to leave that impression that I trust God more than I trusted myself. So for the rest of the day, for the rest of the week, let's start this week off with one thing on mind. Let's trust the process. Let's make God first in everything. The next time we go through a trial, know God's going to bring us out. When we get to that hurdle, God will take us over it. When things seem like this is the worst that could happen, God has already got the new beginning. It's already done. If you want to see the sun, go through the rain. You got to have your cloudy days to enjoy the sunshine with no clouds. See, if all you saw was beautiful blue skies, you never knew what it was like to deal with clouds. We have to have our trials and tribulations to see that to show God we trust him. That's my lesson. Thank you so much for your patience. Thank you so much for allowing me to speak before you. Um, I know y'all never think that a football coach could preach. I'm a preacher that coaches football. I didn't think it. And sometimes y'all think, we. it's not a biggie. Coaching's not, the, that's not going to get me in heaven. The things I do with the kids is what God is going to look at. So, again, thank you so much. 
And I hope to see you soon. And God bless. <laughs> yeah, you got a, a linebacker running around here right now. Go, Sam, use her. I'm <laughs> He's already recruited. <laughs> well, um, we've got a, a big surprise just for all of y'all, too, if you want. Um, we've ordered uh, a ton of pizza. We have lots of food. We have um, drinks, desserts, everything. We want to feed everyone here today. And so um, it's all downstairs in the fellowship hall. And um, we invite every single one of y'all to stick around. And we're just going to have kind of an end of year celebration, let the coaches stay, the players, and and just as families, just go down there. Like I said, it's it's, it's our gift to you guys. And um, and so we just love y'all and, and love the way you've poured into Jacob. Thank you for pouring into Jacob, Coach Mosley, Coach Ham, and, um, and all the boys. And again, today was just kind of a neat, special day. And, um, and we want this to continue um, before we head off to Fall Fest tonight and all of that. But all I'd say, you're invited to walk downstairs and, and have lunch with us. And um, we'd love for you to do that. And um, if you enjoyed Coach Ham, definitely uh, meet him, meet Coach Mosley, meet the players that are here, and, um, and, and just tell them how proud you are of them. Other than that, I'm ready to go. You guys ready to go eat a little bit and hang out? All right. Um, let me pray, and we will wrap it up. Lord, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you so much for giving us the coach hams of our lives, the people who have been there, Lord, that maybe, um, man, maybe as Coach Ham was talking, we're sitting there in our seat right now, and we're thinking about people in our past, coaches and teachers or um, other mentors that we've had. Lord, thank you for putting those people in our life. Lord, as Coach Ham said, allow us to continue to trust the process of our faith, what you're walking us through, where we're at, in the valleys and the mountains. Lord, we trust you. Lord, I thank you for this, this congregation. I thank you for this community. I thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord, and all that you will continue to do. Lord, I, I pray your blessings on the meal that we're about to have here in just a few moments. And um, just uh, bless our conversation, our laughter, our time together today. And it's in your holy name that we pray. Amen.